traditionally in my life of, of not just worship leadership but worshiping this this is this is the lowest attended service there's an awkwardness that exists within this service that's kind of hard to maneuver through we are in here today to begin to talk about a journey that christ was led to it would have to hurt it hurts to think that an individual would go through so much pain not just for the world but for me and to balance out the reality of christ's journey that we get to today this isn't a service at the end of which that i get to say Christ the Lord is risen today. Ha ha hallelujah. Literally the last words that you will hear me share today and then we'll exit in a, in a place of meditation. The last words you'll hear me say today is Jesus Christ has died. And that's awkward. And it's painful. And it hurts. Yesterday we met and we talked about the reality of everyone who had a place within this journey for Christ. We talked about Judas, we talked about Peter, we talked about the complete journey. We talked about the necessity of a villain yesterday. And it wasn't that how I feel bad for Judas for the decisions that he had that he made. It's that I mourn for Judas because someone had to make those decisions. Someone had to turn Christ over. Someone had to betray him. And I look at things through the eyes of Sunday morning, and I get to say on Sunday morning, Christ the Lord has risen today. Hallelujah. And I tried to put that in a minor key in my voice right now on purpose because it's a painful place now. We'll look at some individuals that enabled Christ to fulfill his journey. And within enabling Christ to fulfill his journey, we're going to talk about what that actually meant. It's not just the celebration that we have when we hear the wonderful sounds of hallelujah on Sunday morning. But it's still a painful journey today. So for those of you who are watching at home, thank you. For those of you who have joined us here today, thank you. And let's join together in our opening call to worship. The night is as silent as death. Gone are the loud hosannas sang by children in the streets. The dishes remain unwashed in the upper room. The dregs from Jesus' cup have turned sour. The crumbs from Jesus' plate have grown stale. Thirty pieces of silver 
by the betrayal of a friend. Three questions in a courtyard, shattered pledges of loyalty and love. The cock crows, the whip cracks, the hammer falls. Heaven weeps as innocent blood is spilled. The night is as silent as death. The first song that you'll hear today is performed by a man named Tim Flannery. If you're sports fans, Tim Flannery was a third baseman for the San Diego Padres. His father was a minister. Tim Flannery currently records folk music, and this is one of my favorite songs that connects to the reality of the cross. We'll hear within this song at the foot of the cross a reality. There is a celebration on Sunday at the foot of the cross. On Thursday, Friday, Saturday, there was grief. The world started to unravel. The one many followed was arrested and crucified. And then we have this Holy Saturday experience of individuals that exist in this in-between place, but they don't know what's next. They just know that their friend's not there. So as we hear the hallelujahs in this song, I want you to also to remember the grief that existed before. At the foot of the cross, hope can be found. Love takes the place of all that you bound. Child today will 
Christ's anguish, we shall see light. Out of Christ's suffering, we shall touch the mystery of love and grace that pours from the extinguishable heart of God. Precious God, be with us in this time of conversation. Amen. When I grew up, my very younger years of finding my place within my faith. One of the things that was one of the more popular things 
to do, and this was way before the WWJD movement that people all had the what would Jesus do bracelets and whatnot. There was this Christian bookstore that I used to like to go to. And they had these t-shirts that mimicked popular advertising things. And in my life at that time, when I was on the wrestling team in high school and when I was working out all the time with my friends, it was the big deal thing. If you had a gold gem t-shirt, that was a big deal. And I remember, I never actually went to a gold gym, so I didn't get one of those shirts. But they had in the bookstore that I would go to, it was a God's Gym t-shirt. And it was the same design, it was the same logo. And the logo of Gold's Gym was no pain, no gain. And it was a shirt and it was God's Gym, his pain, your gain. And I liked that shirt. I wanted to display my faith in a way I wanted to be in conversation in different ways about the mystery and the love of what Jesus Christ did for me. For me, the reason that I stand here, the comfort that I have in my life is the assurance that I have because of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. There was a assurance that I was looking for. My faith journey began with me looking for the answer to a question that we still have not answered on this round. What's next? And my journey became, how do I find a comforting answer to that? And the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ became that comforting answer for me in doing that. My wrestling coach was a gentleman, Coach Spencer Chang, who I am very grateful for. Wore my t-shirt every day to wrestling practice, wore it all the time to workout drills and everything. And one day he turned me, pulled me aside. He said, Mike, I gotta ask you a question. I always went by my first name in school. So Mike, I gotta ask you a question. Do you realize what your shirt says? said, yeah, Jesus Christ died for me. I get to go to heaven. Well, your shirt says that this guy got beat up and he died. And you're going to benefit from it. And I really, I, it, it set me back. It still sets me back. Good Friday sets me back. Because what I was doing with that shirt was proclaiming something that was very important to me. It became my answer to an unanswerable question. But his response back to me in that became a reality of who Jesus Christ really is. I share with you quite frequently what I celebrate when I celebrate the triune God. I will never ever be able to give you an example of how the Trinity works, but what I can tell to you is it means so much to me that God did not snap his fingers in heaven. He put on flesh and walked with us. That means so much to me. 
when I read the accounts of Jesus Christ crying for Lazarus. That means so much to me. When I read the accounts of every individual that has ever been shunned by another individual, told to be quiet, told to step away, asked to be removed, those are the people that Jesus Christ talked to. When I see all these examples, when I know that that is God in the flesh interacting with creation, that means so much to me. And then on days like today, there moves with it a burden. I celebrate an individual's death. Now we know the complete story. We are blessed of being on this side of the resurrection. I get to celebrate that. But what did Mary feel? What did Peter feel? The stress and the anguish that led to Judas's death. What did he feel? On that day, on this side, of the cross there's anguish there's a celebration that exists within the words of Tim Flannery's song and we get to celebrate that at the foot of the cross hope can be found love replaces all that we have been found on this side of the cross it's still scary. I want to play a song for you. It's by Neil Young. I talked about it on Sunday a little bit. And it's called When God Made Me. This for me is a song of lament. What did God expect when we were created? What did God think when he put breath in our lungs? How did God expect us to interact with reality when we began to share our first words? I want you to hear this song of lament, and then I want to introduce you to Simon the Cyrene.
God knew on this side of the cross what Simon the Cyrene would find that day. On this side of the cross, there's a gentleman that's standing on the side of the road, and Christ is walking, and he's carrying the cross to what will be his crucifixion. And Simon the Cyrene is standing there observing all this until one of the guards comes over and draws him out of the crowd to assist Christ to make it to Calvary. For us, on this side of the story, Simon the Cyrene becomes a participant in the resurrection. On this side of the story, he becomes the individual who puts side by side and walks side by side with Christ to carry the cross to make it possible for us to be free from sin and death. On this side of the cross, we celebrate Simon the Cyrene. It becomes a part of our hallelujah story, but that's not the side of the cross that Simon the Cyrene lived on. Simon the Cyrene there, an observer, fallen 
told what to do, assisted an individual being led to die. Simon the Cyrene existed with the reality that he helped this person be murdered. He carried the cross. He walked side by side. This journey to the cross for Simon the Cyrene was not the glory hallelujah. It was a song of lament. The song that I played for you by Neil Young is a song of lament that still exists within so many hearts in our world today. There are people who still exist on the side of the Good Friday cross because they have not been able, allowed to participate in the resurrection because of who they love, because of the battles that they fight, because of what color tie they wear, or whose name they clicked in a voting box. They still exist in the Good Friday side of the cross. The expulsion, the separation, and the pain because of who God made them to be. Last night during our Bible study, I had a very special moment. We talked about the individuals who came in our lives who made major differences in our lives. And it challenged us to look at the world through a different set of eyes and see things in a very very different way, a radically different way. Looking at individuals who celebrate who God made them to be and how that they have been able to pass on that passion to other people so that we can see things on the resurrection side of the cross, even though maybe that they existed on the Good Friday side. Last night I got to share the story of two dear friends that I knew before I moved to college, before I moved to California, before this evil liberal state changed Drew Davis for the worse, as my family might say. But I thought about two friends who had to hide their identities, who had to cover who they were, and they wanted to go to church. Even though that these two dear friends loved each other, they could not share it with anyone else there. It's so important for them to be in that worship environment. See, this was a worship environment that I grew up in that literally I heard the words that if an LGBTQ individual exists in that lifestyle, there's no possible way that they could love God. I heard that in sermons. And I heard that in sermons where these two dear friends went to church. And as I was wrestling with these words that I heard, and as I watched and observed these two dear friends who lived in a place as God made them, I saw a very radical thing. I saw that the people that have authority and voice aren't always right. And I saw a love for God that was so real. 
so powerful. But even though that they were forced to exist on Good Friday, they still wanted the resurrection. Forced to exist hearing that they're back. They wanted to be there to hear about the resurrection. I'm so grateful for these two dear friends. Because it helped me to see what love truly is. When I hear these words in Noe Young's song that you just heard, I see my two dear friends that help me see that the passion and the love of God exists to everyone, especially the ones that are told that God doesn't love them. Forced to live in good pride. I think about that too. As I just watch it, everything that happens. I won't say anything specific, but if a bad event happens and we make those bad events easier to take place, that's all I'm going to say. And it makes me wonder when God made individuals, did He see all this? I get drawn back to the Good Friday because I can't see the resurrection because of that. I get drawn back to Good Friday because I watch people suffer and I can't see the resurrection. I get drawn back to Good Friday because I will say this part because I watch people die and we don't do anything about it. That's what exists on this side of the cross. It's my prayer that we journey through Saturday. It's my prayer that we get through Saturday. I brought this up yesterday in the sermon. I in the musical Jesus Christ Superstar Andrew Lloyd Webber writes this very beautiful song. And it's called, Could We Start Again, Please? The song takes place as a narrative between Peter and Mary. And it's Mary that's been a part of this journey with Christ and has been there watching everything take place, even though she's not allowed to participate. Stuck and fright. I think about Peter in this song who was stuck in Friday because he denied Christ three times and didn't do anything to help him. Peter's stuck in Friday. And it's this lament-filled prayer of could we start everything over and try again, but hey, maybe this time we could do it without our friend dying. There's a beauty that exists in the resurrection. And it's a beauty that realizes that it's the journey to the cross that is so much more important than shouting hallelujah on Sunday morning. Jesus Christ set 
everything aside so everyone could find freedom. And now we exist in this journey. How do we do this? When we come here on Sunday morning and we shout hallelujah, how do we do this? There's an author that I like, his name's Douglas Adams, and Ray and I both know who this man is. There's a book that Ray and I both have a common affection to, and it's called The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. When I think about what we need to do as people of the resurrection, I think about the opening stanza of Doug Adams' book. Doug Adams' book opens up about a narrative of this young girl that's sitting at this coffee shop one day. And as she's sitting there at this coffee shop, she immediately comes up with this idea that is the solution to all the hatred and the pain and the hurt that exists in the world. And before she can share it with anyone, she's silenced. And then Doug Adams said in, in her words that she finally found a solution to all the world's pains, and this time no one would have to be nailed to anything. That's our narrative. We nail things to the cross every day. We nail the things that we don't agree with to the cross. We nail the excluded to the cross. We nail our fears to the cross. And how can we become the individuals that go out and we can help people find the resurrection side of the cross and shout hallelujah without this time having to know anyone than anything. I want you to hold on to that reality. And I want you to sit in a moment of silent prayer. As we exist on this side of the cross, how do we get to the hallelujah? Please be in a place of prayer. next song that you'll hear is Were You There? 
As you hear this song, I want you to exist on the Friday side of the cross. And then I will share the word of benediction, and I ask that we all leave in quiet meditation following that point.
Jesus Christ has died. Please go in peace.